A disastrous road trip sinks the Warriors, whose playoff hopes are dimming, but it's not all bad. It's Monday here on Locked On Warriors. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, it's Locked On Warriors on a Monday. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Odyssey, wherever you get podcasts for episodes every Monday through Friday. I want to talk about uh, the Warriors' chances of making that play-in tournament, and I'll talk about also the latest on Steph Curry's tailbone injury. I'll talk about Jordan Poole's slide back to earth recently, uh, and of course, this tough stretch that the Warriors are coming off of. They've lost seven of their last eight, including the last three in a row in what was a disastrous road trip. And I'll, I'll dig into what has been going wrong for the Warriors and ways that they can right the ship. But before we get to that, I want to get to this email from Jeremy, who writes in, Wes, the rise of your hated cookie dough chunk to the finals is your just due for folding to the coconut lobby after your previous endorsement of coconut brownie chunk over mint brownie did you really think selling out to Big Coconut wouldn't come with karmic backlash? You abandoned your conviction, and now you're seeing the consequences. It's over now, and Coconut won. Are you happy? How much did they pay you to sell your soul? Look, it's a, it's a good call out, Jeremy, and I welcome everybody who, who wants to call me out on this or anything else that I discuss here on this podcast, but um, I, I'm ashamed of myself for endorsing Coconut Brownie Chunk over Mint Brownie. I am not a big mint brownie built bar fan. I really wasn't in love with the final four selections. I love built bars. I, I I eat I eat at least one built bar a day. And and none of those built bars are the cookie dough chunk or mint brownie or coconut anything variations. I like the 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 fruit and chocolate ones. I like the orange covered in chocolate, the raspberry covered. Like that's more of my speed. I don't understand cookie dough as a concept. I have long endorsed everything other than cookie dough. Jeremy is right. I have a hate I have a hatred for cookie dough. You are so close to a great product in what would just be a cookie. Cookies are my favorite dessert. Cookie dough, I don't understand as a concept for a flavor. I don't know why it is so widely available. I don't know why you can go to a movie theater and just buy a box of cookie dough. That blows my mind. Just sell cookies at the movie theater. How much better would that be as an experience? I would argue astronomically better. Uh, and then the coconut thing, I'm not a big Almond Joy guy. I don't enjoy coconut-flavored items in general. The, co- the coconut brownie chunk kind of won me over. First of all, they sent me a free box of them. And so I will admit here, Bilt Bar sent me a free box of coconut brownie chunk. They did not send me a free box of mint brownie. So, Jeremy, I think you were right. Maybe I did bow down to big coconut. I'm ashamed. I am. I shouldn't have let it happen. I was out in front of this thing well ahead of time. We're talking about the very beginnings of this Built Bar Bracket Madness uh, tournament thing. I was well ahead of the anti-coconut, and at the very end, in the final four, I choked and I bowed down to Coconut Brownie Chunk. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I'm sorry to the listeners. I will try to be more consistent in the future. Uh, Talking more about what's going on with these Warriors. Um, Like I said, lost seven of their last eight. They've lost three in a row. It was a disastrous road trip, guys. I mean, that was tough. You lose to Miami to start off the road trip, which, look, you can understand that. The Heat are in the the playoffs, uh, went to the finals last year, 
more talented, deeper roster. They were favored in that game. And so even though Steph Curry scored 36 points in that game, the the rest of the Heat, they just they just they outplayed the Warriors. It's an understandable loss. But that, that loss against Toronto, oh my God. I mean, a low point, right? Not of just this season, but that Toronto game, that 53-point loss. You trialed by more than 60 points, 61 points at one point in the game, in the, thir- in the fourth quarter. I, that was not just a low point for the season, but a low point in the Warriors' rebuild. Like, ever since Klay Thompson went down with the ACL in the 2019 finals, that loss against Toronto was perhaps, no, most certainly, the lowest point for Warriors fans and for the organization since the 2019 NBA Finals. And I thought, look, maybe that's what it would take. Oh, you have to hit that low point to bounce back fully and completely. And Steph Curry was not playing in that game. Draymond Green was not playing in that game. But you were getting both of them back for that game against the Hawks. And Atlanta's a good team. They've been better with Nate McMillan. They are also in the playoff picture in the East. But that's the Eastern Conference playoff picture, not the Western Conference playoff picture. And their records, Golden State and Atlanta's, very similar. I thought the Warriors should have beaten the Hawks. I should. Have, I thought they should have won that game. How could you not bounce back from that? And look, the Warriors did. More effort, better defense. I actually thought the defense and James Wiseman's defense was was much better than it was against Toronto. Uh, the rotations were more on time. The closeouts were harder and more urgent. I thought they were getting good shots on offense for the most part. Steph came back and scored 37 points. And by the way, the last three games Steph played again was not did not play in Toronto, but 37 points against Atlanta. 36 against Miami, 32 against Chicago. They only won one of those games, the Bulls game. He's been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, again, just playing some of the best basketball he has all season long. These numbers that he is putting up are incredible, and it should be enough. If Steph Curry is leading your offense with those kinds of numbers, and you can just get something more from your defense, and if I'm looking for a silver lining, the defense wasn't that bad against Atlanta. They just fouled too much. They just fouled too much. But before we get to the foul problems, kind of hitting on why the Warriors have struggled these last eight games. They've lost against seven of the last eight during that stretch. 24th in offensive rating, 30th in defensive rating, 29th in net rating. The 29th worst team in the league over the last eight games. Now, granted, Seth Curry did not play in five of those eight games. That could be a large part of why the offense slipped a little bit. But the offense, even with Steph Curry, wasn't a world-beating offense. This is an offense that basically ranked around 22nd, 21st in the league all season long, even with Steph. But they dropped to 24th, and the defensive end is really what has slipped. This is a team that, in February, peaked at 4th in defensive rating. Now, I think what you've seen happen is that other teams have started hitting— they've just made more shots, and that's going to happen. But to go from 4th to 30th, is a really steep drop. And the fouling is what I think is the main culprit because it just is such a morale drain. When you when you play good defense and you get, you know, 20 seconds off the shot clock and boom, Kent Bazemore fouls an open shooter. And you look at last night's game uh, against the Hawks. Bazemore, who by the way leads perimeter players in fouls per 36 minutes. He had four fouls in in 16 minutes. Damian Lee had four in 23 minutes. Jordan Poole had three in his 16 minutes. 
Juan Descano Anderson had three, and he only played six minutes. And after the game, he put the, the loss on himself. And look, it was noble, I guess, if you wanted to play the martyr, Juan Descano Anderson. But it goes way beyond you. I mean, this is just a systemic issue with, with the Warriors. The fouling just won't stop. Here is Steve Kerr after the game. We talk about it every day. Talked about it before the game. Talked about it at halftime. But it's as, as simple as that. We lost the game because we fouled over and over and over again. And then Stephen Curry, who was very clearly exasperated by the entire issue. Steph, as a group, how do you fix the Fallon problems? Oh, no, man. It's like the 20th time we get asked that question and we haven't figured it out yet. That long silence was so indicative of how this team feels right now. Steph also said that the vibe in the locker room wasn't great. Uh, and that the losing is just wearing on this team. And you could tell it is. And it is so hard to keep the momentum up, to keep the energy up, to keep the urgency up. But that's what it's going to take for these Warriors to hold on to the 10th spot in that Western Conference and to hold on to that last spot in the playing tournament. They are going to need to turn this thing around sooner rather than later. And there is an understanding from that from the Warriors. I will talk about what they can do to turn this thing around coming up. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Uh, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Guys, the championship game of, the, of, of March Madness is tonight. Gonzaga versus Baylor. This will cap off one of the biggest betting events of the year. Maybe your bracket is busted. Well, don't worry. You could still get in on the action at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help from our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. I'll get to the latest on Steph's tailbone injury and Jordan Poole coming back to earth before answering some mailbag questions to wrap up the show. But speaking about the Warriors' chances to make this play-in tournament. It's not all bad, okay? Even after losing seven last eight, including the last three on the road, and again, just a really tough road trip, after all of that, 538 still projects that the Warriors have a 19% chance of making the playoffs. Now, maybe you'd say, hey, well, that's not very good, but that ranks ninth in the West. That's better than the Spurs and better than the Kings, the two teams that the Warriors should really be looking at uh, in the standings, especially the Kings, who are a half game behind the Warriors uh, at 11th. Maybe they can get up, and, and uh, Warriors fans, you're worried. Can they get up and, and take that 10th spot from the Warriors? I mean, that would be embarrassing. I mean, it's Sacramento Kings of all teams. So to lose the 10th spot to them, I mean, that would be, it would be embarrassing. But the Spurs have the second hardest schedule left this season. The Kings have the 15th toughest schedule left this season. The Warriors have the sixth easiest schedule remaining. So that's going to help them going forward. And uh, look, after the Bucks, their next four games are at home. And after the Bucks, tough team, obviously, 
The Warriors play the Wizards, the Rockets, and then the Nuggets before going on the road to play the Thunder and the Cavaliers. Now again, Bucks, Nuggets, those are tough teams. Tough teams. You're probably going to lose those games. But the Wizards, Rockets, Thunder, and, and Cavaliers, those are all winnable games. If you could go 4-2 and two over the next six games, which is very possible, okay? Again, look at these last couple games, these last three games. The Warriors didn't play well, and I don't mean to make light of that. But against Toronto, I know you lost by 53 points, but the loss still counts the same, and you were without Steph Curry, and you were without Draymond Green, and that thing spiraled you know, out of control early in the game. The Warriors are not 53 points worse than the Raptors. They're not. That Miami game, that's an okay loss. That's a loss that makes sense. That Hawks game, that was a tough one. 45, you, you, you know, you, you give them 45 trips to the free throw line, you deserve to lose that game. But overall, you know, other than the free throws, you played pretty well. And look, they committed 26 fouls in that game. That is well above their average. So even if you come back to earth a little bit on the fouling, you get back to 21 or 22nd in the league, which is still one of the worst, you know, three teams in the league in regards to fouling. It's still not as bad as 26. It's still not as bad as letting Danilo Gallinari get 10 of his points at the free throw line. So if you can kind of get back to average there and keep that effort that you showed defensively and Steph Curry could stay healthy, I think you could go 4-2 and two over these next six games. And if that happens, if you're the Warriors, if you go 4-2 and two over this next six, you're right back in this thing. And you've, you're going to build a cushion over Sacramento. You may even get a chance to move up in the play-in tournament rankings. The Warriors have been awful the last eight games. Awful. But Steph has not played in five of them. They have had no momentum whatsoever. Steve Kerr has been predicting that they're going to go on a run. And look, I'm not saying that he's right. There's no way that he can accurately predict things. But there's a reason he's saying that. He is seeing something, right? He's got to be seeing something behind closed doors in practice. The fouling is maddening. It has to stop. But you can't bank on it stopping. you got 22 games left in the season. You're mostly done with this regular season. If This is really what you are as a team. All you can do really is hope to, you know, feast on the soft parts of your schedule, cushion your record, and that's okay. The Warriors, you're not as good as the Nuggets, you're not as good as the Bucks, you're not as good as Miami, you might not even be really as good as the Hawks. You have no chances of winning the championship this year. Everybody knows that. We're not breaking news here. But you, you could still have a chance to make that play-in tournament, which I think is important. I know maybe it doesn't vote motivate Draymond Green, but I think those quotes were taken a little bit out of context. I think what he was moreover talking about was it's not the playing tournament, it's the game in front of me that motivates me. I think that's really what he's talking about. Uh, Steve Kerr, they, he, this team, they want to make the playing tournament. I think it's important. If you're the Warriors, you can't just tank. You don't want to do that. That's setting a bad precedent, and it's not giving much of a foundation to build on. For next year. It's really hard. I know even if you lose quote unquote on purpose. It's really hard to go from. Picking in the top seven or eight. To being a title contender the next year. There's just no foundation to build on. It's really difficult. So making the playoffs is really important. I think they could still do it. And based on these numbers and their schedule. And this soft schedule coming up. You know. It's still possible, but these next six, these next six games are going to be really telling 
that could be really important for this group. Really, really important. I want to talk more about uh, Steph's tailbone injury, which will be key in them maximizing this next stretch. And then Jordan Poole, what to really make of his last few games after he came out of the gate strong after the All-Star break. And then we'll get to some mailbag questions later on uh, regarding Clay Thompson and some other things. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar covered in chocolate. And now is time to find out which Built Bar is best. The champion, as I alluded to earlier, is Coconut Brownie Chunk. Everybody, I'm sorry to say, Big Coconut won. I didn't put up enough of a defense. In fact, I even helped them in the final four, endorsing Coconut Brownie Chunk. Big, big Coconut got to me. I don't know if it was propaganda on Facebook or something like that. I, I was brainwashed. I don't know what happened. Somehow, Coconut Brownie Chunk won. But if a coconut flavor was going to win, I'm glad it was Coconut Brownie Chunk. I can't believe that my personal favorites didn't even make Caramel Brownie made it to the Elite Eight. That was my dude. I was going Caramel Brownie. All the way. Other ones I like, like raspberry, coconut raspberry, didn't even make it out of the first round, but they lost to peanut butter brownie. I love peanut butter brownie. I was okay with that. I was okay with that. I don't understand how cookies and cream lost to coconut almond in the Elite Eight. I don't think the cookies and cream people came enough, uh, came out strong enough, so I blame you cookies and cream people. I'm not a cookies and cream zealot, as so many are, but it feels like coconut cookies and cream has a pretty large fan base. I don't understand why they didn't come out. Toffee almond... Somehow lost to Mint Brownie. I don't love that. Um, but yeah, my, my, guys, my guys lost in the Elite Eight. You know, my horse is in this, in this built bar race. But congrats to Coconut Brownie Chunk. Congrats to Big Coconut. You win. You, you took over the voting. I think there might, might have been some fraud here. Anyway, uh, congrats, I guess. Order your own built bars at builtbar.com. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order. That's LOCKED15, 1-5. To get 15% off on your next order at BuiltBar.com and uh, order some of the good flavors, the ones that we were talking about, and take a stand against Big Coconut. Let's also talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all of the parts you need for your car, especially now while you might not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online at RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low without the markup that you find at chain stores or even worse, car dealerships. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then find the How Did You Hear About Us box and write Locked On so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft wherever you get podcasts. Uh, all right, Steph's tailbone. So it's been giving him some problems over the last few games. Again, played only uh, three of the last eight games because of the injury. Did play against Atlanta, missed the game against Toronto. Admitted after the game that you know th- that region is still giving him some problems, that there's still some soreness, and that he has to be careful with it. He is wearing some padding on the backside so that when he does fall, if he does fall, 
Uh, it doesn't hurt as much, obviously, and then he can keep playing. But um, what I expect going forward is that he'll play and they'll monitor this thing. And on the second night of a back-to-back, like he didn't play in Toronto on the second nights of back-to-backs, uh, maybe maybe he doesn't play those games, at least for a little bit of a stretch here. So if, if you look at what those games might be, uh, he should be okay to go against Milwaukee, should be okay to go against Washington on Friday, but then the Warriors play Houston uh, Saturday, the, the day after they play the Wizards. So maybe Steph, that would be the next game I would look at with Steph because they, they're just going to look at it every morning. Uh, kind of get a feel for how he's feeling and make a determination from there. Maybe that Rockets game is one to circle. Will Steph play or or not play? I still think the Warriors should be able to win against the Rockets, even without Steph and Curry, but we'll see. And then after that, that Cleveland game, the day after that Thunder game, back-to-back road games are always pretty tough. Um, another one to look and see, all right, is Steph going to be available uh, for that? But then after that, they go a pretty long stretch without any uh, back-to-backs. So those would be the, the games I would look at uh, at first. Another thing I'm monitoring right now is Jordan Poole. Uh, he was the bell of the ball at, after the All-Star break. He came back from the Orlando G League, played a game right before the All-Star break, uh, went nuts, scored 26 points, and then after the All-Star break, came back, was averaging 20 points per game there for a stretch. Uh, Steve Kerr was talking about him like the eventual sixth man, uh, giving him an increased role. This is the guy who, when Steph was not playing... Jordan Poole was in the starting lineup replacing Steph Curry, or at least just playing the same position, and uh, played really well. And by the way, I think has still managed to play pretty well, but these last four games, he's come back to earth a little bit. Regression to the mean is what's happening here. Eight points on 28.6% shooting, 26.9% from three-point range, only one and a half assists per game, which is the same amount of turnovers that he's averaging per game. He's, He's very much come back down to earth a little bit. It's something that I'm monitoring. Now, I'm not, I don't think that the Jordan Poole we saw before was fake. I, I think that there's still things to like about his game, that he's starting to figure it out. But as the Warriors offensively are, are pressing without Steph for you know a lot of those games, I think Jordan Poole was also pressing. Uh, the, what, what made him so effective in those earlier games was just the quick decision-making. The, all right, get the ball, one dribble, decide. One dribble, shoot, one dribble, pass, whatever it was. He's, still, he's, he's pressing a little bit more. He's forcing the issue. A lot more dribbles, a lot more indecision, a lot more just trying to figure it out. Again, understandable considering that Steph wasn't playing in a lot of those games, that the offenses, that Draymond Green missed one of those games, that the offense kind of grinded to a halt over that stretch, and then he was just trying to for, uh, figure stuff out. And, you know, he's going from being the guy who anchors the second unit to a guy who needs to help run the, the first unit. You know, when Steph isn't playing, he's kind of going back and forth between units. So it's understandable. This is not, I, I don't bring this up to say that the world is crashing, uh, the sky is falling on Jordan Poole. I don't believe that to be the case. I still believe that overall he's made a huge leap, but to expect him to just average 20 points per game was, was never going to happen. I mean, he's not that kind of player, at least not right now. And so this is a, a regression to the mean a little bit. The truth with Jordan Poole is probably somewhere in the middle. He's not eight points per game on 28 point. Uh, 28% shooting bad, but he's also not 20 points per game, 50% shooting good. He's probably somewhere in the middle. Again, something that I'm monitoring uh, going forward. Let's wrap up the show with a couple of mailbag questions. This comes from at Stefan, uh, 4052803. In addition to getting Clay back next season, what other pieces slash stars 
could really help us truly compete for a ring next year. That's the big question, isn't it? Uh, look, you're going to get Clay Thompson back. Andrew Wiggins is going to slide into a third uh, leading scorer role, which, based on what we've seen from Andrew Wiggins, maybe this, the, the silver lining of the season is that Andrew Wiggins, if you're a Warriors fan, you have to be encouraged by what you've seen from him. I know that there's things that you want, right? The talent is such that you're like, why can't you just take over for big portions of the game? Well, that's just not his game. But defensively, he's been better than he ever has in his career. Offensively, he's been really consistent. I know he had that tough stretch before the All-Star break, but he was fatigued and all these things. You figure when Clay comes back, he's not going to have as much of a scoring load on him. Maybe he doesn't deal with that kind of wall. He doesn't hit that wall the same way he hit it right before the All-Star break this season. I think you've got to be encouraged by what you've gotten from Andrew Wiggins, especially considering what you gave up in D'Angelo Russell. What you got back is not just Wiggins, but this Minnesota pick, which could certainly convey this year. We'll see. Uh, other than that, they're going to have to hit on the fringes. Like, the Brad Wanamaker signing, it didn't work out for the Warriors. I think that really hurt them this year. You were hoping to get a, a bona fide sixth or seventh man out of Brad Wanamaker. Turns out that he's not even part of the core rotation, and you have to trade him with cash before the deadline and just to clear his salary and roster spot. So those are the kind of fringe moves, the guys at the minimum that you're going to have to hit on if you're the Warriors. They don't have... They're going to have a mid-level exception, but they're not going to have much cap space. Maybe you can re-sign Kelly Oubre, but I still think the odds of that are slim. You're going to have to hit on probably two or three. I think you got to go out and get another center. Not because James Wiseman is not the future, but because if him or Looney go down, you're down to just one traditional center. I think you just need another body there at that position. So go out and sign another center, and then you're going to need to hit on a couple of wing players. Uh, we'll see what happens with this group. You know, the Damian Lee, Kent Bazemore, Michael Mulder group. Uh, I don't anticipate all of them coming back. You're probably going to have to sign another wing or two, but you're going to have to hit on them in a way that you didn't hit with Brad Wanamaker. Team Wiseman writes in, why is the front office allowing Steve Kerr to be this stubborn? His system worked for a certain group of guys, and now we have younger players and he refuses to adjust. Will Steve Kerr ever be put on the hot seat? Uh, Steve Kerr's not getting put on the hot seat, at least anytime soon. You go to five straight finals, uh, you, you have earned some loyalty from this front office. Now, I do think, and I've said this before, Steve Kerr is growing and learning with this group, just as this group is learning and growing underneath him. And this is not the job he was hired to do six years ago. This is a different job, and he's figuring it out on the fly. Uh, and I think he's earned some patience here. Now, I will say this. You're right. You can't run the same offense that you did when you had Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston and Kevin Durant and all these high basketball IQ players that were able to do these things and the read and react offense and stuff like that. But at times, Kerr has stripped down the offense. He's simplified it. He, you know, a few games ago, he ran a bunch of pick and roll for James Wiseman. Steph Curry got away from that a little bit more. Uh, I'm not really sure why he did that. I think they could still benefit from running more pick and roll and simplifying things and stripping the offense down to its bare parts a little bit easier uh, and more often. Uh, but overall, if you're going to build around Steph Curry, that's the way that you build around Steph, right? And, and we've seen the results. And you and if the season is for development, then you do have to stress test these players and figure out ways for them to do that. Uh, but I do think, going back to the last question, maybe that's kind of what you look for this offseason, right? Guys who can execute that scheme. And it's not just because Steve Kerr is stubborn with that scheme. Like I said, that's what helps mac maximize what Steph Curry does so well. You don't want to just put Steph on the ball all the time and run pick and roll 50 times a game. You don't want to do that. That's not how you 
make the most of what Steph Curry can do. You want all the off-ball and motion stuff. And by the way, you're going to want that when Klay Thompson comes back too because you don't want Klay just standing in the corner and, and making shots out of the corner. You want Klay Thompson to do all the coming off the ball screens and stuff like that too. So Wiggins is getting better at that. The, key, the Wiseman is being forced to get better at that. Well, you know, obviously looking at his development over the next 22 games. Um, and again, maybe this offseason you go get guys who can execute that a little bit better. They thought Brad Wanamaker could do that. He wasn't able to do it. Um, you got to go get guys who can. I think that's, that's really, I think, the lesson that we've learned. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning.